0: If you haven't heard her, you're in for a treat. Um, For those of you that don't know her, uh, Valora and her husband, Pat Bock, are from Pennsylvania, um, from where Paul and I came from, Harold from. Uh, Pat actually runs the international missions trips with Global Awakening. They have uh, done ministry in Brazil for a number of years through Iris. They have started... um, their own itinerant ministry. Valora has set up prophetic ministry in Pittsburgh. She is a wanted and loved and cherished woman. So you are really in for a treat. They're really dear friends of ours. And um, for us, like, when you have, when we were in Pennsylvania, we didn't have a lot of family around, and they were family to us in Pennsylvania. And so um, you're so blessed to have family come and share with you this morning. We love you guys so much, Pat and Valora. And Valora, thank you so much for pouring your heart out three times in one weekend and sharing with us. We really are grateful. So without further ado, come on up. And uh, I think you've got a headset, right? Okay. Thank you. You're
1: so sweet. Oopsie, sorry. Okay. <laughs> what, uh hey Patsy, could you help me with this chair over here? I want a chair because I'm lazy, that's why. <laughs> no, I uh I guess I kinda act out my preaching. But um <laughs> Um, Paul and Ruth really are good friends, and you know, part of the kingdom sometimes is giving up some of your good friends that God calls away to another place, <laughs> and uh, that's what that's what we had to do with Ruth and Paul. Because you know, there's a dynamic at Global where people come in for a year for the school, two years for the school, three years for the school, and then they leave. So, it, and then there's everybody's itinerant ministers. So they're all coming and going and, you know, it's like an airport. And um, so to have good friends that were just there and solid and real and love the Lord was just amazing. It was amazing. Um, So we love them dearly. You have the best of the best, <laughs> and Alan and Gail are the best of the best. You guys have had the best of the best. <laughs> Y'all are spoiled rotten. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I said last night that I start rough. I think I start rough and I end rough. I, usually right after I end my message, I'm like, now what do I do? But um, So I put some thought into that today, so I don't do that. But I'm not like a um, Olympic diver doing a pristine dive into my message. I'm just going to like get in the water and then it starts to like flow. So <laughs> um, so I felt like uh, that I'm supposed to share my testimony here. And the part of it, I shared with the women's tea. I don't have a tank top under this, so I need to like control myself a little bit. Um, but... Uh, I shared with them the the inner healing part of my testimony and how I got to know God intimately for myself. I was raised a Christian. I was raised in the Bible. I had large chunks of the Bible memorized as a small child. And I believed in God with all of my heart, and I loved what I believed. But at, at a certain point, I realized Oh, and I also had sovereign prophetic experiences with God. So these experiences didn't happen like when I was pressing in. They just landed on me. Um, It it wasn't because I had this intimate relationship with the Lord. I could even be like in a not good part of my life and I would have experiences with God. Um, So I knew that he was real, but... I didn't know him intimately for myself until I, I went for inner healing. So I had a lot of trauma growing up. There were a lot of good things about my growing up and there was a lot of trauma as well. And you know, I wouldn't change anything in the world because when God makes things good, it somehow overshadows everything the enemy meant for evil. Does that make sense? and the good from God is such a treasure. He's so good, you can't explain him. The enemy always wants to put God on the defensive, but then when you get to know God, you're like, God, how do you explain yourself? You're way too good, you're way too good, you know? Um, There is no explanation. You just have to keep receiving him and keep receiving him. And in, in Revelations, it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And my testimony, didn't end and stop when I got saved. My testimony didn't end and stop when I received inner healing and, and knew God for myself. My testimony didn't stop when I got healed. My testimony is every day. Every day I can have a testimony in the Lord. That's my testimony. So when the enemy comes to wear us out, and he does sometimes, he does wear us out, the Lord turns things for good. He turns things for good. And so I know what I'm going through right now is about to be a testimony. Or what's in front of me right now, I might be in over my head, but it's about to be a testimony. So um, I, I'm pretty raw when I teach. And um, I, one of my, oh, I like, I like teaching everybody, but I love um, the college and career age group because they're kind of getting kicked out into the world on their own and they're realizing <laughs> what the heck is going on and they're at that age when faith is becoming their own, not just what they were raised in, but their own. And uh, they, they're they not just gonna take your formulas. You know, that's not enough authority for them. They need to know why you've been through and why you're saying it. Um, but anyway, so in... Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says, And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. And we all make this about his his ailment, but the thorn in his side was persecution. If you judge scripture by scripture, when a thorn in your side is referenced before in scripture, it's persecution. Um, Not that Paul didn't have uh, ailments, but... Like, you know, God said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and then let it sort itself out, you know, Um, let God sort it out. So anyway, he says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. To me, this is the Christian life. If you know that it involves overcoming, if it involves hearing the voice of the Lord through all of those things he just, he just talked about, you're never at the mercy of these things. These situations that he described are never the heart of God for you, but often we take rejection from them, right? Or like, why aren't you being my fairy godmother right now, God? Like, I'm a Christian. Isn't everything supposed to be perfect? You know, and that's not what it is. He's like, get in there and hear my voice just dive right into the heart of the dragon and hear my voice as we go. So I'm gonna share what I shared last night, but I'm gonna change it up a little bit because I want you to hear this part of Christianity that you can't get away from. Christianity is gonna take you into your weaknesses. Uh, One year, the Lord told me, Valora, I am raising up champions. And I was like, yes! And to do that, I'm going to bring Christians to face their super fears. And I was like, what is a super fear? So I looked it up, and it's something that the Navy SEALs call, uh, what they, how they train Navy SEALs. They bring them face-to-face with human super fears and teach them how to function when facing a human, a normal uh, great fear to all humanity and then to function in the middle of that and I was like that doesn't sound fun (laughs) but isn't that what he does and once he puts his holy spirit in us it's like don't you know how frail I am what the heck are you doing to me you've got my holy spirit you've got my holy spirit and you can hear my voice we can do this together Don't you know how frail I am? I feel like that's always like, God. Um, So pay attention to that uh, while listening to my testimony. So uh, on my daughter's last day of kindergarten, we were driving home and the traffic was backed way up. How many were here last night? I'm almost afraid to look. How many were here last night? Okay, so some of y'all are gonna have to double here a little bit, but there's gonna be some differences. So we're driving home and the traffic is backed way, way up. So I'm coming in to you know, the stoplight behind a long line of traffic. And I look in my rear view mirror and there is a car coming really fast. And I know he doesn't even see us. He has no idea the traffic stopped. So you know how you think, lightning speed in these situations. So it sounds like I had a full 10 minutes, but I have no idea. My thought was, get the car onto the median, and maybe we'll miss getting hit. I got like one wheel or the front wheels onto it. He hit us, and we flipped, we flipped into the median. So my kids were fine in this. That was my fear. Like, they're the closest to what was gonna get hit. <clears throat> but I was pretty badly injured, and it, it changed the quality of my life. I was in doctor's you know, like four or five days a week. And I was constantly showing up to the wrong ones because I also had a head injury. And um, I was a mess. One lady, she was like, honey, you missed an appointment you had and you're at an appointment right now that you don't have. And she said, let me show you how to coordinate all of this. It was so stressful. And on top of that, I had PTSD from the accident. This was so debilitating. But you know how you can you go into denial. Uh, I had one therapist say, "Anytime you're going through a season of trauma, it's really natural to implement denial. It's a survival mechanism. This is what God has to do a lot of undo and inner healing a lot of times. So um, this is where we get squarely. We have denial functioning, and we have all these weird little survival mechanisms like uh, that we don't realize. Uh, so anyway." We get in the car, and anytime I saw brake lights, I would just scream and like try to push the windows and the dash, like with all my might. I'm screaming and screaming and screaming. And if I was driving and I looked in the rearview mirror and I just saw a car, I'd be like, oh, oh, <laughs> constantly while I was driving. So um, one day, we're getting ready to go somewhere, and I'm about to come out of our bedroom, and I hear my little boy say, uh, Daddy, mommy's not coming, is she? And I was like, "Oh no!" Like, so um, I was starting to go into a depression because my world was getting smaller and smaller, and it wasn't getting better. I ended up going to therapy, and uh, <laughs> like at one point, my therapist would ask when I'd come in, "How are you doing?" Really good really good. And one day Pat barges in and he goes, I don't know what she's telling you, but she's worse. She's worse. And I was like, is that allowed? So I was getting really hopeless. Like how long is my family going to put up with me? And, um, so anyway, uh, some of our friends had started inviting us to the church that, uh, We were going to, and we hadn't been there very long. And uh, they were our only friends in the church. And one day she calls and she's like, hey, there's a revival going on 30 minutes away. It wasn't the one I'm gonna tell you about. But um, she's like, I'll come pick you up and we can go together. And I was like, Pat, what do I do? I can't get in the car with anybody else. Nobody can see me like this. And he was like, please go please, please, just we'll pray. Just please just close your eyes and pray in tongues. And I was like, you know that never works. You know that never works. And he's like, I don't care. Just please go. There are our friends. They love you. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it I can't. Uh, so I went. So I'm trying to do what he said. I'm praying in tongues. I've got my eyes closed and trying to look normal at the same time. And um, it's Florida. So there's a turtle in the road and um, people will stop back up traffic for miles in Florida for a turtle or a herring going across the road. So um, she swerves around it, and I feel us swerve. So I come at her like this. My seatbelt stopped me, but I went, ah! Like this. I tried to wrap myself around her. So she pulls off the road, and she says, what the H is going on with you? And I was like, Christian cussing. Um, but... so. <laughs> Uh, I said I have PTSD and it's getting worse it's really bad and she was like obviously but she said you know my mom specializes in this why didn't you tell us and I was like because I'm bad and it's embarrassing so she said Randy Clark is coming to our church in two weeks you are gonna be there And I said, who's Randy Clark? And she said, a healing evangelist. And I said, oh, we don't do healing evangelists. I'm thinking, you know, flinging jackets. And um, so she's like, listen, I don't know how to explain what he is, but he's not like what you're thinking. You're going to be there. And I was like, oh, listen, we we don't like those type of guys. They're just after people's money, and they wear big gold watches, and, you know, which, I don't know, that was my thing. And so, um, so she's calling us every other day, like, you're gonna be there, you're gonna be, you better be there, you know. So Pat and I are like, I'm like, Pat, I don't wanna go to this. I'm like, my back hurts, my neck hurts, I'm like, every reason in the book. So he's, once again, he's probably praying like, God, get my wife to the church. <laughs> so he's like, listen, we'll take your pain medicine beforehand, we'll go late and we'll leave early and we can tell them that we went. So I was like, that's a good plan, that's a good plan. So um, the plan is in action. I take my pain medicine, we show up late and we have never seen so many people at the church ever. It's like, who is this person? So we go in and it's wall to wall, people just in the entryway. And it's chaos. All the ushers look like they're frazzled. And so we're like, oh, they would never even know we were here in the first place. Let's just go. And then an usher comes up and grabs my arm and he just starts taking me like into the church. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And he says, hey, as we get in the church and people are everywhere in the aisles, there's people everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I don't like all these, I don't like it, all these people, And what are you doing? And we're passing our friends, and he goes, hey, we just put a row of chairs up at the front of the church. And I was like, oh, oh, the plan, the plan is ruined, it's ruined, and there go my friends right there, they're going to see us. So um, he puts us on the second row, and I am really upset, I'm really upset. So here we are, and I'm like, man, this is not good. I won't use the word that I thought. (laughs) This is not good. This is not good. So back up a little bit. And um, about a week before, I was reading in Corinthians, and I was reading in the gifts, and words of knowledge and words of wisdom stuck out to me. And it really bothered me. Have you ever had that? I read them a thousand times. You know, when you have teaching on them and you're, it just like filters through what you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but this time it didn't. And uh, I read, I was in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 8. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit and to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. But it's in the same chunk where he's talking about supernatural gifts. So he's not like, in my mind, I was like, (sighs) he's not talking about normal wisdom and normal knowledge. Why is he talking about it as if it's a supernatural thing? What is he saying? What is this? So I don't know if you know, we were basically Baptocostals. We were tongue-talking Baptists. And... um, we, everybody that we prayed for, for a miracle that really, really needed a miracle died. Uh, within a chunk of about five years, we had several people, one of them being Pat's best friend, Young. He was like 21. We were, we were young. Uh, we did a 40-day fast for him, and he died. And everybody in this season that we really invested into prayer, they all died. So, um, We had lots of messages on the sovereignty of God because that's how you know God's sovereign is when he takes people home, (laughs) when you're praying for the people. That was my theology at the time. I was like, oh, okay, God's sovereign. It's not very nice. but um, um, So I called my mom and I'm like, Mama, read this. So she reads it and she's like, okay what, what are you, what, and so I told her what I was thinking, and I said, what do you think it means, so she said the Baptist thing, and I was like, I don't think that's it, what is it though, what is it, and she said, uh, and she, my mom was really hungry, she was spirit filled too, my mom and my grandma were intercessors, they were Google Bible before Google was a thing. if I ever wanted to know something, they were like, oh, here, 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 and here. Like, word for word. They knew the verses. Uh, I, was, I had dyscalculia, so I, you know, don't. Um, but, uh, I mean, I knew the Bible, but I will lie about where it's found. Like, I, I told everybody to turn, when I was teaching, I told everybody to turn to Proverbs 35, and nobody moved, and they all were looking at me really weird. And I was like, you guys not bring your Bibles today? And some brave person finally said, there is no Proverbs 35. <laughs> so if I say a number wrong, I'm not going to be embarrassed if you tell me it's wrong. So um, she said, well, honey, let's pray about it and ask God to show us. If this isn't what it is, let's ask God to show us. So back at church, so I'm stuck and I'm like, how are we gonna get out of here? You know how it is when tons of people are in a room? It's hot, it's sweaty, it's kind of chaotic. And um, so Randy gets up and he is not dressed like what I was expecting. He's in a like a flannel shirt and khakis. Like, he's not trying to impress anybody with how he's dressed or anything. And he just gets up. And the the love, the care that he took, the humility that he took, he just started... Gently, not in a I know this and I have this, and this is what you need to believe. He took the time and the effort to use the word to talk to us about healing and words of knowledge, but he opened up with words of knowledge. And I was like, oh. and then he started talking about words of knowledge, and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> what? You know about these things. And then wait, what? You've experienced these things. And then wait, what? You can flex muscles with these things. And you're so humble. And then wait, what? You want us to do it too? What is going on here? So then I started realizing I've been set up. God got me here. God wants me here. So he's just, and I'm just soaking it in. And so, you know, if you're Baptist, The word is everything and you don't wanna be deceived. You need somebody to skillfully use the word or you're gonna be like, "Uh uh-uh, you're not getting in here. I will not be deceived. So if he didn't use the word, I might've still been sitting there like, "Um, this sounds good and all, but. (laughs) Um, But he took the effort and the time. And then he said, and I brought some normal people, like people who aren't ministers, people who haven't been to Bible school, They're gonna be the ones who minister the words of knowledge. So um, they did. And the first one was for me. And I was in shock. I mean, it was like he read my doctor's report, you know. Every time I went in, they had pictures, you know. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like a deer caught in the headlights. And then Randy said, if that was you, I want you to stand up. And I was like, a good Baptist, Uh, God knows where I'm sitting. (laughs) He can heal me right where I am. Thank you, I am not standing up and letting everybody know what's wrong with me. No, and then he says a very non-pastory thing. He says, if you don't stand up, God's not gonna heal you. And I was like, oh. I have never heard a pastor talk like that before. (laughs) How rude. (laughs) And I was like, that doesn't sound like God. Like, God will heal me. He's like, if he heals, he'll heal me, you know? And he's like, if you don't stand up, God's not going to heal you. And I was like, whoa, there's a lot on the line here. Because I just heard about these words of knowledge. The guy obviously had one there's a possibility I could be healed. I don't wanna miss it. So I was like, oh my goodness. So I stand up, I'm in shock that I'm standing up. And then he goes on to the next thing and I'm like, that's over. The next one is for me. And I'm like, God, isn't this excessive? Like, I've never seen you heal one person. I would be happy if you healed one thing, you know, and like, he's gonna make me stand up again. And so I was like, oh, no, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to get out of this. And it, so he says, if this is you, stand up. And I'm like, really, God? Like, I stood up for one. You know where I, I don't, this, I don't need to stand up for two. And Randy's like, if, the, if you don't stand up, you're not gonna get healed. So I was like, oh. 11 times this happened. I was the first one. I wasn't peppered in and out so they wouldn't notice. I was the first eleven. So God was like breaking me down. (laughs) You will learn how to cooperate with me. Um, So then he moves into the ministry time and um, Randy starts praying and I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit like I've never felt it before. And I felt so almost sedated, almost drunk. Like, could somebody make the room? Like, be still for just a minute. And I was holding on to the to the chair in front of me, and um, and so Randy, oh, then I start crying, and I think I'm being so demonstrative, I'm a Baptist, we don't do these things in church, so I start crying, and I'm like, not only can I barely stand up, but why am I crying, we didn't even sing something that made my heart want to cry, why am I crying, so I'm like... <laughs> And um, I thought I was like, (laughs) but later we saw it on a film that our friends made me watch and I was not like, what was, I'm I'm dramatic telling you, but all of this was much smaller (laughs) than it actually was, but it was big as it was happening to me. So then Randy starts telling us another very non-pastory thing. He says, I want you to begin to move what hurts. No. No one has, I've never heard anybody pray for the sick like this. It hurts. Why would you move it? So um, I was like, you know, I'm drunk and I'm like, what is wrong with that guy? So um, he, he's like, keeps saying it, like, partner with the Holy Spirit. This is, you know, and he's just leading us like little Baptist babies. I think our church was mostly Baptist talking. I was in a Pentecostal church, but we, never, we didn't see miracles. So um, so he's leading us like babies all through this. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I just start trying to, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Oh my gosh. And then I'm like, maybe I'm not doing it enough. So I'm like, oh. Pretty soon, I'm like a belly dancer, and, and uh, not really. I'm being, this is how I felt inside. <laughs> so then you're really crying, because you're like, this feeling is really God, and um, some of it was scaring me, but Randy was explaining every little thing, what we were feeling as we went along, and then uh, he did the whole waving thing, you know, so we did the whole waving thing, and I was really getting healed. And so he asks um, people that had over 80% to go up. So I go up, I tell him what's happening. And he said, about what percentage are you? And um, I told him something like 90%. And he said, my friend down here, Rex Berger, is gonna pray and you're gonna be healed of the rest. It wasn't a question or a maybe. You're gonna be healed of the rest. So um, I go down and the first thing he does is he has another word of knowledge. Now, I forgot all about the post-traumatic stress disorder because of everything else going on. And um, he says, God is healing trauma in your brain right now. And I was like, oh my gosh. You know, that is a huge need, right? So he's praying for me, and my head starts getting really hot. And it starts getting uncomfortably hot. And I started thinking, oh no, like in the Old Testament, when people sinned against God and the ground opened up and swallowed them, I started thinking, I have sinned in my life and God is definitely very powerful and I think it might be backfiring. So <laughs> I started to pull his hands away like this and I was afraid to make eye contact with him and he said, are you feeling heat? And I went, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> careful we're both gonna die (laughs) so he said that's God healing you and I was like oh my gosh when you go from dying to being healed all in one second I was like I can't believe God is this good like because you know you go through all your sins in that moment like yeah there's definitely sins and um And then, whoa, he's still healing me. You know, and you become aware in those weird moments of your humanity. And so we go home that night and I'm just like, what would you really do all the way home? And we drive up into the driveway and Pat has a tear on his face. And I was like, why are you crying? Because like, it had to be good. It had something to do with God. And he said, Valora, Valora, this is the first time you have talked and laughed in a car since the car accident. And I was like, oh my gosh, it happened. Like to me, that was the most impossible one. Um, I had just been told a couple of months before that all my physical things that I still had, that they were all permanent injuries. And the, my back, the Um, chiropractor looked at me and she said, she showed me the different x-rays she had been doing. She said, do you see the curve that's progressing? And she said, within a certain amount of time, you'll probably need surgery so that you're not in a wheelchair because your back is just slowly collapsing. So, um, but I was in this weird place, like, it's not going to happen. That's not going to, ha- not faith. It was just denial. Like, this isn't happening to me. So God, God saved me. God flipped our life from one trajectory that it was heading into, into a complete, we had no idea how much he had flipped it, but he flipped it. So, um, uh, okay. I wish time was my friend more than it is. Um, I wish I could like talk to it and say. Um, So so the next night we get there and Randy's gonna talk about deliverance. This is really rare for him. He does not like to do corporate deliverance, but he felt like God told him to do this and he had our church prepared so people in our church learned how to do deliverance. And so he teaches on it. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, now we're coming early because we know God sits close to the front. And um, and I want to be wherever God is. So I was like, oh, wow, there's Christians in here that have demons. That's a new one. Okay. I wonder what they're like, you know, and um, oh, this will be interesting. So. He begins teaching about the open doors to the demonic and to demonic strongholds. And I was like, what? I have like a lot of those. <laughs> 75% of them <laughs> What? <laughs> so then uh, then it hits me when you first get over the shock, like, oh, this is a lot of Christianity. Like, where, why hasn't anybody ever told us this before? Um then it flips to, wait a minute, we can be free of this stuff? What? Like, I mean, you, I've prayed for forgiveness a lot of times, but my expectation that I wouldn't do these things wasn't there. What? We can be free of this? And my faith, because of what had happened the night before, it was like, we can be free of this stuff. Like, God can do anything. And in my mind, I knew that would have to be a miracle because I had never been strong enough not to do those things before. So I was like, oh my gosh, I got healed last night and I'm getting free tonight. And when that clicked, I was like, hurry up and get to the end. We've got to do this. Hurry up. I didn't hear anything else. I was like, just waiting. Just get to the end. Just get to the end. I want this. I want it. I want it. I want it. This is happening tonight. So he gets ready for the altar call and he begins gently, like he's going to have to talk people into it, you know, uh, starts giving the altar call and I'm like, I'm in. And I run down to the front. And I'm like, Whew. and I thought it was going to be a race, you know, and I'm the only one down there, and I was like, oh, man, like, everybody's thinking, what on that list does she, and I was like, oh, don't make eye contact, just try to blend in with the carpet, and and then it hit me, wait a minute, like, I know them, like, I know, we all, you all need to be down here. Why aren't you getting down here? Stop trying to look like nobody's looking at you. I'm looking at you. So um, people start coming down like, oh, yeah, mom, I did eat the cookie out of the cookie jar, you know? And um, so he starts talking and and he's leading us through it. And I started thinking, oh, oh, I kind of feel like I want to throw up. (laughs) Oh, now I'm kind of dizzy. Do so I have a stomach bug all of a sudden? Like, what's going on? And he's like, Does anybody feel like throwing up? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, Anybody feeling dizzy? Anybody? I'm like, Yeah. And he's like, this is the deliverance beginning to happen. And I was like, oh, oh, it's me, it's me. And then he's like, okay, we have people trained that are gonna lead you through the deliverance. They're gonna take you out. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's not a stomach bug. And then I hear this lady go, and I was like, whoa. (laughs) I don't wanna do that one, I don't wanna do that. Um, So... I get to the back and I have the church secretary and I was like, "Mm, "No, can I have somebody that looks more like they might actually sin sometimes. Um, (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'm stuck. So she was really, really nice and precious and she led me through it and I was like, okay, church secretaries are pretty cool after all. And um, I felt like I was walking out of there like, on oh, my feet touching the floor, I was so light. It felt like 500 pounds came off of me. And um, so I can't remember what happened the third day. There was a third day. The fourth day was impartation. And Randy was talking about pressing in and uh, pressing in for the things in the kingdom, pressing in for God. And, and then he was talking about impartation and how impartation is critical. Like a lot of what we have, yes, We got healed. Yes, we got delivered. But impartation is like a baptism of the Holy Spirit where the very gifts that Jesus carried while he walks on the earth impact your life. It's now part of you. John 17, being in him and him in us, being one with, with Jesus, being one in him. He's now living out his life through you and uniquely through you. He likes you to be you. He likes you but he wants to live out his life with you. Like he walked with Abraham. He wants to walk it out with you. So anyway, um, we everybody had heard. I told my mom and my best friend in Texas what was happening. So they drove 24 hours straight to get there to be in the, the last service. And um, everybody had done that. So we couldn't get to the front where God was. We had to sit on the back row. Uh, with the heathen Christians. And um, so we're stuck at the back and not happy about it. And in the middle of Randy's service, um, I hear him say, if you want this, come down now. And I was like, oh my gosh. But then I realized no one else is standing up. So I thought, did he say that? Did he not say that? What's happening? So I was like, I want to go down for this, but I'm not sure, it's nobody's moving, so I'm having to crawl over people, and so I'm like, did he say this or not, and so then I hear him say it again, and I'm like, oh, it's on, they're all hard-hearted, I don't care, we're going, I'm like, what is wrong with you, so we're going, and I'm like, Heathen? You know, and we're trying to get down. There's people everywhere and we're trying to like, and there's one other guy on the other side of the church and he's doing the same thing. And I'm like, I know, right? What's the matter with all these people? So um, he gets there first in front of Randy, to my shame. And um, and Randy says, what are you doing? I haven't given an altar call yet. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? So uh, he says, I heard you say twice, if you want this, come down now. You said that. And he goes, I didn't say that. I guess God's giving an altar call. So I was like, okay, here I come. (laughs) So we're running. But then the whole church stands up. So I've got all these people in my way. I'm like, oh, I guess they're not hard-hearted after all. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I judged you all. (laughs) So... um, we're trying to we're trying to get down there and as I was about 75% of the way up, God falls sovereignly. And then it was like walking in slow motion through jello, like, I gotta get there. I gotta get there. I gotta get there. And then I noticed everybody else is acting weird too. And then this lady, uh, dressed in clothing up to every like everything. She's going like this in the front. I'm a third grade teacher. And she, bam, falls. And we're like, we understand. (laughs) We understand. It's okay. So um, I don't remember really what happened. I don't think Randy prayed for me in that service, but we were wrecked. We were wrecked. And I remembered Randy saying um, that there was a Brazil trip coming up. And um, oh, let me get a drink real quick. (laughs) but in the meantime like so I was like wow really special people are gonna get to go on that like that would be awesome to be able to do that um but I didn't think like we were a one income family and it just didn't seem like it would be you know even feasible to do that but um In the meantime, our life had been turned upside down. We could not get enough of the Bible. The Bible was fresh and new. Like this isn't an ancient document. These are people who are like witnesses to Jesus Christ. And then what a baptism of the Holy Spirit looks like afterwards. Holy Spirit doesn't like to just babble out of your mouth. He like does stuff. He wants to live through. So like they're all so relevant. We're reading it all. Like oh my gosh, that's happening today. You know and uh, I get to I was reading all the intros to the Bible and everything like I didn't I didn't know anything so I get to the one where it's Paul's last letter and it says that this was likely Paul's last letter and that he was beheaded after this and I was devastated because I loved Paul I was like if I could have been alive at any time I would have either wanted to be Jesus's disciple I would have it would have been okay if I was a man because I didn't know that you know God had you know, Mary Mag- was a Mary Magdalene was a disciple. Her being at his foot, at his feet, that's a term for a disciple. So anyway, I didn't know that then. So I was like, I wish I would have been born a man when Jesus was on the earth or when Paul was on the earth. And because, uh, oh, I would have wanted to be disciple by them, so I'm crying. I'm out in the backyard. My kids are playing on the swing set. I'm on a blanket reading the Bible, and I call Pat. I'm like, Pat! he's like, what's going on? Is everything okay? I'm like, Paul's about to die. And he's like, oh my God, Valora, who is Paul? And I'm like, Paul in the Bible. (laughs) And he's like, Valora, I thought you were talking about somebody real. I'm like, yeah, it's real. (laughs) He's like, okay, I've got to be, I'm working, you know, whatever. So um, we're just like wrecked for God. And um we're like worshiping at night while we're falling asleep. And I remember my Aunt Vicky. she went to Toronto. She did not know what she was going to. She thought Heidi Baker was a paraplegic. And they were like, they were like, what a sweet church that they have paraplegics come and teach us the Bible. And then she was like, that lady's not crippled. Why doesn't she get off the floor? Um, so anyway, one of, her, one of her friends got a manifestation in the spirit where she was doing this and they named them angel crunches. So she said, honey, have you gotten angel crunches yet? And I was like, what is an angel crunch? And she goes, she explains it. It's like you're standing up, but you're doing, um, what are those called? Uh, abs, like you're doing abs while you're standing up. And I was like, oh, Aunt Vicky, no, I would never do anything like that. So um, one night while we're in bed, we're worshiping and like, a whole vision breaks out in my bedroom. Jesus is like there and orbs were there and all it was crazy. It was like we were in the throne room and my body just starts going and Next thing I know, Pat's like and you know? I'm like and then I'm going and I'm like, oh, angel crunches. <laughs> I said I would never do that. <laughs> um, anyway, one day, I can't stop thinking about that Brazil trip. And uh, I was like, I don't know how to use the internet, but I'm going to figure it out. Pass about to go mow the yard. I'm going to, nobody's going to see me attempt to do this, but I'm going to get on there. I'm going to find Randy Clark. I'm going to find this Brazil trip. And um, I do it. I get this was a huge accomplishment because I was still asking, what is the net? What, but what is it? Make it logical to me. So um, this was a huge accomplishment and um, I start reading about the Brazil trip and I was like, oh my God, like all my dreams come true in one trip, you know. And I start, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I start birthing. It's like intercession. Holy Spirit just, Decided. I wanna pray right now. We're gonna pray this through without this sp- coming into your thoughts and you agreeing with it. We're gonna birth right now. So I'm like, oh. I was like, oh no, I don't know if the deliverance worked. And so I was like, I think it's the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure. I've never heard of the Holy Spirit doing anything like this. So we're like, oh pretty soon, I'm on the ground in the fetal position, Ah, like this, and Pat's going by, mowing the yard, I'm like, please don't let him look in the window, please don't let him look in the window, (laughs) so um, I'm really nervous that I hadn't been completely delivered, so anyway, we get to church the next day, and there's this precious woman, she's in her 50s, and she always greeted us by patting our face, and saying, hello, sweet angel, how was your week, you know, and um. So I went up to her like this, don't look her in the eyes, don't look her in the eyes. She's like, Valora, you look me in the eyes right now. What is wrong? I was like, nothing, nothing's wrong. Nothing is, Valora, look me in the eyes right now. What is going on? What is wrong? I was like, I don't know if I got delivered all the way. And she takes me in the office and she says, what happened? Tell me everything. So I tell her, and she says, "I don't know how to explain it to you, but that was in her session. You're going to lunch with Tom and Brenda today, and Brenda will explain it all." I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! I can't go to lunch with them." So um, anyway, we did, and Brenda, uh, I can't eat. I'm crying the whole time. Like I can't believe we're at lunch with them. This is—they might find out I really have a demon. I don't know, but I'm crying the whole time. I can't eat my lunch, and Brenda. At some point in the conversation, she said, I heard you were birthing. And I said, birthing? She said it was intercession. And she said, that's a form of intercession. Honey, I am a midwife in the natural and I'm a midwife in the spirit. You were birthing something in the kingdom. If you know Brenda, that's her. And so I was like, "Um, okay, well, what was it? Like a a baby, a kingdom baby, what? So, um, So she says, what was happening when this started to happen? and I said, "Well, I was reading about the Brazil trip with Randy Clark, and she said, "Honey, mark my words, you're going to be on that trip." And we were, and it was a financial miracle for us to be on that trip. So it was, <laughs> and I was really happy that I didn't have that kind of a demon so um, so we get on the Brazil trip and I, I'm probably going to skip over some, I don't know. I want to tell you everything. Um, So we, so I want to, okay. There's a couple things I want to tell you. I'll weed some things out. So um, the first miracle we saw was really interesting. So we're learning all about healing and how to minister to the sick. They have these people come that teach you behind the scenes so nobody knows you don't know how to heal the sick. It's like Disney World. They don't you're not supposed to know that there's a real person inside that character. Anyway, <laughs> just kidding <laughs> No, they're not supposed to know you've never prayed for the sick before <laughs> or that you have and they all died. But um So they're teaching us how to pray for the sick. They're teaching us how to minister. They're teaching us how to track with the Holy Spirit. They're teaching us the the five-step prayer model, all the stuff. I'm taking notes like nobody's business. Okay, okay, okay. I don't want anybody to die. Nobody dying here, you know. And then um, it comes to the first time that we're going to minister, and Randy gives us these name tags with a mustard seed on the back. And he said, if, if you have anybody before you and what they have is, is intimidating to you and you don't feel like you have any faith, I just want you to touch that mustard seed. And remember, that's all you need to see that thing bow at the feet of Jesus. I started rubbing that thing right then. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is all I need. This is all I need. Don't bring anybody to me with more than a headache. Please, please, please. So my uh, interpreter takes me back, and there's this woman back in the middle, and she puts my hand right on her stomach. They're very touchy-feely in Brazil. And I was like, what is that? And she says, it's a hernia. And I said, no, there must be something wrong in the translation. Hernias, I've never seen a hernia that big. And she said, I'm poor. I don't have access to health care that would take care of this uh, right now, so hence the size of my hernia. And I was like, oh my gosh, hernias get that big. So um, I didn't have any faith for this. But faith is different than we think. I used to tell people when I would tell them about how I got healed, I was like, I didn't, I didn't have any faith at all. I didn't have any faith at all, but I didn't realize the things that were happening in me that as Randy meticulously untied religious knots, as he untied cessationism, as he untied these things, and he began to basically build faith in. I didn't realize every time I started to think, oh my gosh, this could happen. That was a seed of faith. And then what God does, because in Mark when it says uh, have faith in God, The the correct translation is have the faith of God. How would you have the faith of God unless God gave you his faith? So what God does is he sets us up to give us a seed of faith. And then he takes us another step and he builds it and boop, there's a little shoot coming out of the ground. And then he he gives us a little bit more and boop, there's some leaves on that thing. And he gives us a little more and boop, there's a miracle. And it all happened with... It just feels like that. This could happen. This is happening. It's very childlike. It's not from here. It's not letting me learn enough so that I can have faith. I have this much knowledge. I have this much faith. It's not like that. New people in the kingdom heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, prophesy. One of the things I loved in Pittsburgh was our crazy young people were always going out and evangelizing, and we would get them right in praying for the sick, first time in, um, like prophesying. And I remember one person broke down in tears because I did a, a, these are brand new safe people. They just got saved and they're not sure they really meant it. And I had them turn their back and had somebody in front of them and I said, um, ask God what he wants to say to this person. And I told him, you might see it, you might feel it, you might think it, you might know it, you might hear it, all these different things. So gave him the whole rundown and they're like shaking. Well, I saw this. And I think God might be saying this. And then I saw this. And then, and then, and then they turned. I said, turn around. And the person was just standing there crying that they had given the word to. They said, oh no, why are they crying? And I said, because what you just said was God. And it touched their heart. And they began bawling. And they said, I heard God. God would talk to me. God would talk to me. And what this would do when you have new people come in that are healing the sick. They brought one guy in. I had hurt my ankle and uh, I had just found out how bad it was. All the doctors were like, well, I don't know why the sprained ankle isn't healing. Like it was still very swollen. I couldn't walk on it, it hurt, it was super stiff. And uh, anyway, my chiropractor was like, let me look at this thing. And he said, oh, you severed the ligament that holds the heel to your foot you need surgery uh, to have that, like, screwed in, and I was like, no, I don't want surgery, you know, so I'm uh, letting all the crazy global people pray for me, I'm like, oh, I wish you guys, like, didn't just slap your hands on things, you know, but I'm like, do it, do it, do it, let's get it healed, you know, and it's not getting healed, and they they found this guy on the street that just got out of prison, And they brought him to the house that was like where we were, all all the ministers were sleeping and they brought him there to sleep with us, guy fresh out of prison. And um, we're like, we're like exposing him to all the father's heart stuff in this video where the father's running to the son and he's crying. And then we see something about healing and he's like, God heals. And he looks at me and he goes, why are you still on crutches? And I was like, I, they're like crazy people when they find out. It's that simple. God heals. He hasn't been taught that he, he does, but he doesn't. You know, he hasn't been taught that yet. So all he knows is God heals. And why are you still on crutches? So he gets down and he is praying for my foot. And he's like, move it, move it. You know, and, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I don't want to tell this guy out of prison, stop, you're hurting me. But <laughs> And then I'm like, whoa. Whoa, whoa. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And the swelling is going down while I'm walking. It's just going down, going down. I get my shoes. I can fit it in my foot. And he's like, God heals. And he takes my crutches out in the back and he's like, Aah! out there, like <laughs> breaking my crutches. <laughs> We've been taught bad stuff. <laughs> A form of godliness that denies the power of, of, of God is the a, is a doctrine of demons. So um, we, we teach a little demon in with Holy Spirit and we call it good, and it's not. Um, babies have this. Babies, when their faith attaches to this, they don't know what they're doing and they don't have good manners, but they heal the sick and they prophesy and they have it all. It's Jesus inside of them. Um, so I have no idea what I was talking about before that. Oh, so uh, I'm praying for the lady with the hernia <laughs> and um, <laughs> If anybody needs notes, it's me. Um, so um, so i'm I've got my hand on her hernia, and Randy's leading us through how to do it because you know you learn you take the notes, but when you're in the middle of it, you're scared to death, right? Um, and so. We're, we're doing it. And he's like, all right, ask them if they feel anything. You know, ask them if they feel heat, if they feel like crying, if they feel electricity. I'm like, do you feel anything? She's like, no. I'm like, well, do you, well, do you feel heat? No. Do you feel electricity? No. Do you feel like crying? No. I don't either. <laughs> all right. And I'm like, how can we get somebody that looks a little more anointed or like they know what they're doing over here? And Randy's like, pray again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So I'm like, can I pray again? So we're praying. I have a great interpreter too, by the way. So we're praying. We get to the part we're supposed to ask. I'm like, do you feel this? No, do you feel this? No, do you feel this? No, neither do I. (laughs) And I'm a feeler, like I feel it all. I'm like, I'm like at a, at a what do you call it? An amusement park internally with Holy Spirit. And um, and I'm not feeling anything either. So about the fourth time, I'm like, this is torture. And I mean I'm not only embarrassed, I'm bored, and I'm sure she is too. So we're praying, and I'm like, Well, just go through this and I'll make my way out. And my hand goes, whoop. And so I said, What was that? And she goes, It's gone. I said, are you sure? She lifts up her shirt. I'm like, it's okay. (laughs) And I'm like, are you sure? It's gone. And she's like putting my hand on there. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's gone. And she's like, yes, are you sure? And she goes, Didn't you come here to pray for the sick? (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, like, do you know how big that thing was? So I'm like, oh my goodness. Let's try this out again. Let's try this out again. So I'm looking, I'm like, okay, a little more than a headache. It's okay. It's okay. So by the second time, then you're like, no, I have rabies. <laughs> Where are they? Where's the wheelchairs? Where are they? You know, so um uh yeah, that's anyway. Coming, you got to go on a global trip. You come under like Randy, there's this apostolic umbrella that he tucks you under and you get to like play around in that anointing and learn who God is and how to do all this stuff um, in your rawness and your messiness and then you get to keep it. Um, so uh, uh, anyway, one of the nights that we we're ministering, this is one of the stories uh, I wanted to tell you guys tonight because um Wild things happen on these trips. And you can eat the meat that you get on these trips. You're exposed to so much. You think you won't remember it. But when you're going through certain things, just like Holy Spirit brings back from the word and teaches you, he'll bring back from these trips. And you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And you're, you're able to use what you learn and you're exposed to on these trips over and over years. I still glean from these trips. Anyway, I'm praying for somebody, and I hear Tom Jones, our pastor, say, "Valora" in a weird voice. And I'm like, oh what's going on? So I was like, excuse me. So I'm going, I'm trying to find my pastor, and I come up behind him. He's praying for this nice-looking woman. He's kind of in front of her face, though. I can just see her silhouette. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then I see her and I was like, oh, her neck is all bowed out like a cobra. And she's talking in a man's voice in English. And he's like, she doesn't speak English. You know, and I was like, oh, <laughs> what do we do? And he's like, I've been trying to kick it out. It's not going yet. So I was like, oh, I know what you're supposed to do. You yell at him. So I just start going, in the name of Jesus, you oh go. And it's getting worse. And so I'm like, I'm not spitting enough. So I'm like yelling and screaming and it's getting worse. So they bring this guy over that knows how to do deliverance. And he comes over super calm, super calm voice. He gets everything quieted down. He takes her over. They talk super quietly for like 30 minutes. We're like, what is he doing? What is happening? She gets delivered. It's all easy, and she walks away like she's a sweet, beautiful person and never looked like a cobra that was a mean man. And um, so uh, we all talked about this because it really messed up our, some of our doctrine. And so Dina and I are like, my friend on this trip, we're trying to like, pick this guy's brain. How did you do that? How come you weren't yelling? What what did you do? Like, do you you know how to do it? And he says, you need to go home, get Carlos Anacondia's teaching, and learn how to do deliverance. It's a 10-step deliverance model. Go home and do that. And he said, next time you come back, you can do deliverance with me on these trips. So we were like, okay. So we go home. We order Carlos Anacondia's teaching. Dina and I are doing this together. We're, you know how when you listen to these things, you're like, ooh, I did that. Ooh, I said that. Ooh, I thought that. So we're like doing like all these repenting prayers with each other. And um, we get it all down. We have the steps all memorized. We come back. Tom tells Randy that we know how to do deliverance. So we're his two-woman deliverance team on this trip And we get to this one church, and this frazzled pastor comes up to us, and he's like, I heard you're Randy's deliverance team. And we're like, yes, yes, we are. And um, he's like, oh, good, oh, good, they look so confident. So he takes us over, and he's got two women. And um, so this is, remember, the weaknesses part at the beginning when I opened. up. So anyway, he sits us down, and I was like oh my god what's happening to her like I can't I I don't I wouldn't want to tell you exactly what was happening it was that bad so I was like where are the other people who know deliverance no no I don't want to look at her make her be quiet so that was me uh, manifesting a spirit of fear and um The Lord was like, Valora, do what Paulo said. Just do the first thing he said. And I said, I can't, God. She's not going to get delivered. And he said, why not? And I said, because I'm afraid. And he said, because I'd always heard, if you have fear, you don't have faith. So I said, because I'm afraid. I mean, I was so afraid that my butt had gone into a cramp that wouldn't come undone. It was clinched back there and it was starting to give me a backache like I had never had. I didn't know I had muscles in this place that could Charlie cramp. And I was like, I don't think I could stand up now if I want to. And um, I was like, God, you can see I'm really scared. I'm really scared. The Lord said, no, honey, you have faith. You're just having an adrenaline response. And I was like, now God lies. Now I'm listening to a demon. <laughs> I know. This is full on fear. This is fear of God. And he says, do you trust me? Yeah. And what God's so good. He talks to us like children and we encounter him like children. And I didn't realize that was faith right there. It was just a conversation with God. Do you trust me? Yeah. Just do the first thing Carlos said. All right. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Submit in Jesus' name. Submit in Jesus' name. And he said, just do it until it happens. Submit in Jesus' name. And then something started happening in me where I felt the Holy Spirit partner submit in Jesus. Now for the full four hours, my butt was in that cramp. But I started to move in an authority, like where I was hearing him and I was trusting him as I heard him. I was trusting him. As I heard him, I was trusting him. It felt like I was on a tightrope a little bit, like I could fall off at any moment and we would both die. But after four hours, she was free to the point that she was back in control of herself. She had had some inner healing, but I told her like, get in and get inner healing. Get in and get inner healing because that was massive trauma that let that in. It's not fair The enemy doesn't play fair. He's like a wolf. And wolves go after the weak, the lame, and the old, and the young, right? They're not fair. A wolf is a wolf, and Satan is a wolf. And so deliverance, the other thing I learned in this experience was as I began to trust God and listen to him, there was an anointing for love that I don't feel during any other thing, I feel a lot of love in the kingdom. I feel a lot of love when I prophesy. It's, it's incredible. Feeling God's love is incredible. But there's no love that you feel that compares to the love during a deliverance. And so it's God's love manifesting that gets people free. And it's that love that would bring me back to do deliverance again. So we, this is how it was because Brazil was big in Macumba, which is uh, what, voodoo is kind of a commercialized version of Macumba. okay? So it's a very dark, like, witchcraft from Africa, and they were very big into this, and spiritism. You know, one of the things the Lord showed me is in the last 20 years, when the church has been exposed to the power of God, in Brazil, you don't have the kind of as many of the manifestations uh, for deliverance that we used to 20 years ago. The kingdom really is starting to become that tree that's growing bigger and bigger. And we need to have that vision. That's what the Holy Spirit inside of us is for. So like when we came into the kingdom, I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm this frail, strong person. Like in my, in my, if I was left to my carnal devices, I wouldn't be brave in a lot of the things that God gives me courage for in the kingdom, that God gives me love for in the kingdom. But as we spend time with him in the secret place, that's what keeps our deliverance happening and it's what keeps the Holy Spirit growing inside of us. That's what keeps the authority alive on the inside of us. It's what keeps our yes strong. I I heard one man say, if you've grown cold, where did you lay your yes down? Go back and find your yes. Also, where have you been traumatized? I would say, where were you traumatized? Trauma happens in the kingdom too. Um, Go back and find what lies are screaming at you from that trauma. And get, let the Lord deal with it. Have conversation after conversation after conversation with the Lord until your childlikeness comes back, until that childlike tenderness comes back because that's where our authority is, loving God and being loved by God. Loving God and being loved by God. And if you can do that at home, if you can hear his voice with your family when he says, Valora, don't don't make that face at your husband. Sometimes he has gas and he does it on purpose. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, and God says, Lord, don't make that face at your husband. Lord, don't use that tone with your children. There's When your heart is tender to the Lord... Um, And you are responsive to him in the places that nobody else outside of your home sees. That's when it's like what you begin to see in your home is fruit. That's the real fruit that's growing inside of you. That's the character fruit. As that grows and gets established, because your home is what's going to grow that. Your home is going to grow that like nothing else. Because our home brings out the worst and the best in us, but it's the Holy Spirit that grows us in the worst and the best. The Holy Spirit's what's gonna heal the worst and bring his best into your weakest places. So it's learning to surrender in the places that are the real fire, where you learn to hear him in the kingdom fires that he puts you in. When as he learns to trust you here, he's gonna throw you into bigger and bigger fires out there. As long as he knows You can hear him and you can follow him and you can trust him.